So tell me this, who actually likes pulp in their orange juice? Since when do we decide what a refreshing drink that I had to chew? This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. I mean, seriously, I've never like I've never met anyone who says, you know what I'd like? I'd like a, a glass of juice with all kinds of bits in it that are going to tickle my mouth and make me feel like there's something in the drink that should not be there. I don't I don't mean like, you know, something something illegal. I mean, just something nasty. No one ever picks up a drink and says, wow, I hope there are are soft, chewy little bits of things in this drink because that is what I'm looking forward to. That spells refreshing. That spells like mold. I mean, like it to me, I've never understood what this feels like one of those things that we do traditionally as a society, like way back when they started selling orange juice. They couldn't get the pulp out for whatever reason. They didn't have the proper strainer technology to to remove the pulp from from the orange juice. No one thought, let's run this thing through a screen. No one thought, let's as we squeeze the oranges, let us also filter the juice as it as it pours forth from from the fruit. Um, and so, because no one thought of that when they first started doing orange juice, they said. You know what? Let's just keep it this way. And then someone came along and said, "You know what would be more refreshing than a, a nice cold glass of orange juice with with pulp in it? Orange juice with no pulp." And somebody said, "Genius! Let's do that." And so they started making pulp-free orange juice. But they said, "I guess we've got to keep the pulp in it because people think that you know that's how orange juice is supposed to feel." I guess going down. And, um, <laughs> and, 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 and so, yeah, let, let's just, let's, let's keep pulp. Let, let's keep pulp on the shelves. Let's do that. There's, there's no other drink. Like you don't buy apple juice with bits of apple in it. You know, uh, you go, you, you, you don't buy cranberry juice and it has real bits of cranberry. It it's only orange juice. I was gonna say grapefruit juice, but I've never really had grapefruit juice. Um, because why would I do that to myself? It, grapefruit is the original like warhead, you know. So I don't I don't mess with the grapefruit because it has a it has a pleasant name, grapefruit. But what it doesn't have is a pleasant flavor. Anything that you have to put sugar on to make taste a little better probably isn't that good. Even cereal. Now, listen, you know, that's that's one of the things that as I look back on my life as a fat kid and someone whose mom always told him, hey, we're, we got to get on a diet. We can't be eating this way. And then would serve me a bowl of rice checks 
with sugar sprinkled over them. Um, or Cheerios with sugar sprinkling, sprinkled over it. Or, you know, cornflakes with the sugar. It's like, you just go ahead and buy the Frosted Flakes. Just go ahead and do that. Because to me, looking back, I'm like, there was a lot more sugar. Now, listen, did I love... Um, scooping out that that spoonful of sugar down at the bottom of the bowl once I was through eating the cereal. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't, that's, I was just eating straight up sugar with milk, you know, soaked into it when it was all said and done. But now my mother wouldn't buy the sugary cereals because they were a little more expensive and unhealthy. But boy, we'd tear, <laughs> we'd tear up some Cheerios and just cover cover that mess with sugar. Here, have some Cheerios with sugar all over it. Here, have some corn checks with sugar all over it. My corn checks was my go-to more than the rice checks. Corn checks seemed to stay crispier in the milk than the rice checks did when we would have to eat the the healthy stuff. Anyhow, Mark Hamill says it was natural sugar. I don't you know, it was just plain white sugar. I mean, this was the 80s. You know, we this was the height of processed food. This was before we knew all the stuff we knew about, you know, processed food and everything, but it was just a different time. You know, it was a glorious time. Remember when it used to be sugar smacks and they had to change it to honey smacks? So, you know, because, you know, we can't be selling kids sugar anymore. They do some backflips on children's programming and children's advertising as though, as though the children have the disposable income in the family. You know, that... That's one of the things now as an adult, looking back on all the rules and regulations they would put on children's programming back in the day, you know, it's got to be educational. That's why He-Man always came out at the end and was like, on today's show, we learned this. Or Orca would come out and be like, on today's show. Um, or or G.I. Joe, and that's, you know, knowing is half the battle, those kinds of things. Or why Mr. T would come out at the beginning of the show, on today's show, we're going to see why you don't talk to kidnappers. Um, well, I didn't plan on talking to kidnappers, Mr. T., I didn't wake up this morning and in my mind as a child think, I hope someone with a van with no windows comes down the road so that I can talk to them and ask them what they're doing. Uh, But anyhow, that's why a lot of these shows would have like lessons and life lessons like that and stuff, because the FCC told these networks they have to have so much educational stuff. And then you had the interstitials that would come on um, as you were going to commercial. You know, one of the scariest was the threatening voice that said... (laughs) The Transformers will return after these messages. It wasn't Megatron doing it. It was just some real... It was a man trying to sound intense, and I guess the idea as a kid was to make you feel cool, but when I listen to it now, I'm like, that guy is a scary-sounding man. He does not sound like he's happy. You know, It wasn't like the ABC little claymation thing. You know, after these messages, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, we'll be right back. You know, that was fun, but the reason they had to do those was so... So the stupid children who were watching TV could differentiate between the show they were watching and the commercials that were coming on. Again, number one, that tells you how stupid people really think children are, that they can't differentiate between... And so, look, I don't want to go down a road too far because we're having fun on Geek Out Loud, but just keep that in mind. That that there's a whole system of communications on television that is set up because children are too stupid to know the difference between commercials and television shows. And um, 
And and then too, you know, children don't have disposable income. So, it, you know, and I don't know how it was in your house, but in my house, it didn't matter what I wanted. It mattered what my parents were going to provide. So I could see toy cartoons, toy commercials all day long. That didn't mean I was going to go to the store and get toys. You know, that meant that, hey, I'll just add this to my Christmas list and, and hope to goodness Santa is nice for me. So <clears throat> Cody Murphy says every episode of Power Rangers had a had a thing at the end to talk about why violence is bad. On today's, I'm Zordon. I recruited teenagers to fight with swords and laser guns. Violence is not the answer. That's right, Zordon. Hey, those Megazords were something else. I'll tell you that right now. So, um, but, uh, the, but the dude with the voice, you know, <clears> of <throat> the Transformers was like, uh, the Transformers will return after these messages. And now, the Transformers. And you're like, hey, man, if it's that scary, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But then, you know, cool Transforming robots would bring you right back in. So all that to say this, welcome to Geek Out Loud, everyone. So glad to have you along with us. Even if you have pulp in your orange juice, this is your safe place to geek out, and we're glad you're here with us. I would like the uh, the explanation for why you like pulp in your orange juice. I don't know that it's much more processing to take a to run the juice through a filter, and by filter I mean literally a screen. You don't even have to have like a like you don't even have to put it through through cheesecloth. Um, so, you know, there you go. Carissa says, I hate to break to you. There's an entire network matching commercials as entertainment. That's true. You know, that YouTube, and she's talking about YouTube. That's true. YouTube will, uh, there are a lot of, it, it is interesting the way, you know, what's really interesting is, um, is that, it, it, it is the YouTube podcasting phenomenon. I've been doing this podcasting thing now since 2007 and so that's 17 years i've been podcasting and uh on and off you know let, let's be honest on and off i've i've gone from i've done everything from sitting down weekly with a buddy to do the jared steven jesus jamboree to every six weeks you might get a goal or every eight weeks you might get a geek out loud to you know geek out loud starkville house of l sky next um what was that one about human target? We did like two episodes of, uh, swinging back around to geek out loud, big honking show to like having a whole network where every night we were doing something, you know, for Remember that period of time for a couple of years there, it's like almost every night there was another show being, being recorded, that sort of thing to now, you know, it's like, Hey, is there, are there even podcasts from Glosson anymore? Um, you know, to now, so, so yeah, I've run the gamut of intensity in podcasting, What's interesting is to see in the past, uh, really seven years, seven or eight years, the, the, all of the, the, the consultants come out of the woodworks, all of the quote unquote experts in podcasting to kind of come out like, we want to help make your podcast the best it can be. And it's like, where were you, you know, in 2007 when you thought this was stupid, it's basically the radio consultant goobs have come over to podcasting now, and they do the same thing on YouTube. If you look at some of your favorite YouTube channels, they now have a second channel, and they're really putting shorts out there. And do you know why? Because YouTube has told them, this is how you're going to best monetize and do. 
No, YouTube went to some of their top YouTubers and said, you need a second channel so we can make more money. That's really what it's about. It's about making YouTube more money. And I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. You know, that's their business and everything. But it's just like <clears throat> the great thing to me about this forum and this format is we do what we want, you know, and we do it the way we want to do it. Like there's no one telling us it has to be this way. No one told you it was going to be this way. Um, and, and so it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's fun for me. And it, it's one of those things that it's like, Hey, YouTube podcast goobs, you know, get off my back, man. I'm going to continue to do podcasts the way I've always done it. Has it been successful? Define success. Made a lot of good friends, had a lot of good times, had some ups, had some downs. And, uh, it's been, it's been a blast. So, um, but I guess we should, uh, we, we should get into some, do some geeking out here, huh? And talk about some geeky stuff. I get, I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? Before we do that though, I want to tell you about Philip Fulton. When a meteor crashed near his home, Philip went to investigate. As he drew near cosmic energies from the meteor, infused his body, giving him the power to rocket through space, fighting crime on a cosmic and earthly scale. No threat is too big. For this intergalactic warrior, it's Philip Fulton. He is our Patreon featured supporter this week, and you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. I've made the mistake in the past of telling about the ideas we have for the future here um, for Patreon. I, I put a poll up the other day on Twitter about... Um, about should we bring back the Big Honkin' Show, and I, and I put a poll up, and I let it go for a few days. Uh, overwhelming support from, you know, I think like 48 people voted. So thanks to all 48 of you. Um, is it's not a Twitter anymore on the big honking show X. That doesn't, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like something out of the nineties. X big honking show X. It's the big honking show X. Anyway, I said, uh, I said, should we bring the Big Honkin' Show back? Been kind of wanting to do that. You know, and I've kind of, in the past several episodes, I've mashed Big Honkin' Show into Geek Out Loud, but it just doesn't feel the same, does it? You know, like, I want it to feel the same. I enjoy it. I think I've got more thoughts about the Big Honkin' Show than I do the geek stuff. But um, <clears throat> but two people said, let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank those two, because I think I know who you are. And I think I know why you said that. And that's fine. Um if anyone ever puts a poll up on their X or on their personal Facebook page about what you think they should do with something them, it's because they know you like them and you're going to affirm that. And that's, that's what I did. I confess. I confess. I, I did it. Um, I did that. So, um, one of the best episodes of Goal was the marathon episode that breached five hours. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, those things were crazy. Late night, big honking show parties were awesome. Yeah, they, they were, they were. Um, I'm talking about bringing it back in a little more structured format, you know, like in like, like an hour long or so show once a week to start with. And it would immediately after recording is done, be uploaded to the Patreon at the uh, Patreon Zoo Crew level. And then a few weeks later, it would come out on the actual Big Honkin' Show podcast feed. So <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at right now, looking at Big Honkin' Show maybe coming back. Um, 
That's what I'm hoping. So if anyone puts a pole up, you can dance. And if you break it, you can be on film. That's true, Rich. That's, that's true. Um, I, I try to, I'm like our good friend, Thundercam, uh, Cam Hopman, a weatherman extraordinaire to the great land of Wisconsin, um, who he hopes he's never on YouTube. And, and I share that. I, I want him to be on YouTube. I don't want to be on YouTube looking that way. So, um, so that's kind of right now. We, I have tons of other ideas. Like, there's stuff I want to, and, and I've got like a notebook where I've written down, you know, several ideas that a lot of stuff would go specifically to Patreon with snippets, huh? snippets coming to Geek Out Loud, to the Geek Out Loud feed. Um, and so I just, uh, you know, just, there's just a lot of ideas and a lot of things that we'd love to do if, if we have the time to do them. One thing we'll definitely have the time to do is uh, hit March Madness with the bracket season. We'll talk about that in a little bit because I think there's some of you who are going to be super fired up about that, and then others of you will will not be so very fired up about that. Um, we'll talk about it, though, when we get there. Uh, last year's bracket was fun. It was the best It was the best TV show theme song. I think the A-Team won. I'm not sure. Uh does anyone remember? Because I've totally forgotten who won the best theme song last year. Television show theme song. I had thought that we would do like giant robots. And then I realized there's like five cool giant robots. And, you know, you've got your combiners and your transformers. And I meant like giant robots, like, you know, biggest building type things, mecha Godzilla size robots. So you got your Zords, you got your, your, your Voltron, you got your, you know, your, your combiners and everything and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't think that was a good one. Uh, cartoon television themes is out there. I'd love to do it. I could not figure out a good way to divide the divisions on that. Um, but it, given time in the month of March, we may go to that. We may have two madnesses in March. Um, Fall Guy Losing is not a travesty. John Lowe tells us that John that Fall Guy Losing is a tragedy. It was not. Because I'm going to tell you something. The Fall Guy theme is not that good. I, there it is. I said it again. I said it and I stand by my convictions on that matter. You compare Fall Guy to just about any other of those themes on there, and I just don't... I'm sorry. I just don't, don't care for it. Don't care for it. But anyhow, so we'll talk about that a little bit more later on the show. That seems like the dumbest thing in the world to billboard. Hey... Be on the edge of your seat for 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 what the brackets will be in the March Madness category this year, everyone. That's awesome, isn't it? You're gonna you're gonna love it. it just be it, you've never anticipated anything more in your life than this. So, <laughs> Bonanza lost to Gilligan's Island. I forgot about that cattle boss. That's true. Hey, here's what I do want to do. Uh, as as we're moving along here, uh, number one, thanks everyone who's joined us live at mixer.com slash goalaverse, where we are live every time we go to record one of these shows. Um, and it's always great to have the Mixler Zoo crew with us. And uh, and yeah, I'm on the bad side of the law now. John Lowe, an officer of the law, is coming after me, so I'm worried. Um, you don't you don't know you you that's fine, John. I'm not scared of you and your blue lights. I'm not. You just cause you could take me doesn't mean I can't, um, I don't know. I'll figure something out. So, <laughs> uh, 
something happened recently and it reminded me of what this podcast was all about, the reason it got started. And I'm going to call him out. I'm just going to say his name and he's just going to have to deal with it because, um, because that's, that's what we do on the show. We call people out. This is what the term safe place to geek out means. This is a post from old Ted Adam Green, henceforth known as Tag, uh, over on the Guardians of the Goldiverse Facebook uh, group. Um, he's talking about the Marvels on Disney+. Plus. He says, I thoroughly enjoyed this one, Freaky Friday with the Super Gals, an all-ages movie with a lot of comedy and action adventure. It was a huge box office bomb, but that doesn't mean it's not a good time. It was way more Disney than MCU. And by that, I, it felt a lot, a, a lot more like Sky High than Avengers Endgame. But that's fine with me. I loved Sky High. That said, if you like your superheroes to be dark, grim, and gritty, Zack Snyderish, then this is not for you. The only thing this movie takes seriously is having fun. So if you don't mind the whimsical with a bit of huggy-feely at times, then give this a whirl. I'm glad... I did, and I'm glad I did. This was, for me, far more enjoyable than watching the first Captain Marvel movie by a mile. I'll probably never rewatch it, but I can easily see myself rewatching this in a few years with my grandkids. This is also the only movie I've seen where I actually like the character Brie Larson was portraying. So good for her on that one. All three of the Marvels were enjoyable for that matter. Kamala Khan's family were also quite delightful and a highlight for me, especially her mom. Fury was all up in this one, and to be perfectly honest... This helped wash away the lackluster experience I had after the whole secret invasion missed opportunity. I'm just going to forget it ever happened and roll with this instead. I'll take this version of Nick Fury over that one any day. If you're not afraid to have a fun, good time, and you're an MCU fan like myself, then give it a watch. There are worse ways to spend about two hours of entertainment intake. Plus, the end scene and the bonus scene are fun and give us a great tease on two ways the MCU story moves on from here. Your mileage will vary Go dogs, And that's from Ted Adam Green. So, Ted Adam Green, or Tag, as he will henceforth be known here, um, I absolutely disagree with him on this one. Um, and, and here's the thing. I don't think Ted's wrong. Because all of these things are opinions. And the fact that Ted could go on the Guardians of the Goldiverse Facebook page, could post that, and not have a bunch of people coming at him like he's an idiot because they disagree with him or, oh my gosh, someone liked something I didn't like or someone came along and said they don't agree with him and no one said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you don't like this one. Um, you know, it. I'll, that's what it is. That's a safe place to geek out. And here's the thing. I can disagree with Ted and and still hang with Ted and still, you know, still be still be good to go. That's what a safe place to geek out is. It doesn't mean that we like everything and that no one can be critical of anything. It means that when we have differences of opinions, it's just that. It's a difference of opinion. And I and 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 that is what this whole thing was started as. You know, now in the uh, back in the day, my difference of opinion was pretty different from everybody's, you know, like there was I was um I was I was pretty easy to entertain. Still am. I don't think I'm a hard entertain. I, I think that I have gotten a little burned out on some certain types of entertainment, you know, but I, I don't think I'm a hard... Inter I, I go in wanting to like what I'm going to watch. I don't hate watch anything. 
And so when it comes to the Marvels, and I'll tell you, this is how much I've forgotten the Marvels. I forgot about the end credit scene. Now, everyone, we're about to spoil something. And, and, it's, and it could be considered a huge spoiler. So I just want you to realize that um, I'm about to give a huge spoiler for potentially future Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. That huge spoiler that I'm giving is going to come and I'm going to say it once and I'm not going to repeat it again. So you should skip ahead 30 seconds from now. In the end scene, Kelsey Grammer shows up as the Beast. That was a pretty cool thing. To see that take place, to see that go on, was a pretty cool cool, cool deal. But it, to me, that cool moment did not save what I thought was a lackluster movie. To say it was fun is fine. The problem with the fun in the Marvel Cinematic Universe these days, and you know I don't like gritty, I don't like dark and grim, I don't like all that stuff. The problem with the fun is that it is the same kind of fun that I guess it is. I mean, Ted said it best. It's more Disney than MCU and, and okay, that's fine, but that's not what I want out of my MCU. I have always thought that the character of Kamala Khan has a lot of potential. If that character can be unchained from the, the confines of, of what they want this character to, to get across to everybody or what they want this character to try to be for everyone, you know, they, and, and rather than just be a fangirl who was able to get superpowers because she's either an inhuman or a mutant, depending on what you're reading or, or watching, um, because of that, because, because they have a message more than they're concerned about true character development. Um, in the comics, she's been less than this movie. I, I agree. I really liked her. I thought she was super, super cool and, and, and funny and a great kind of freshness to everything that was going on. I disagree on the Brie Larson thing though. I don't, I think that Brie Larson was so wooden in, in what she was doing in this. Like there was no, she, her relationship with Monica Rambeau's mother in the first Captain Marvel was more organic and real. And like, you could tell their friendship was a real thing than her warming up to Kamala Khan and, and even Monica's daughter, um, or I mean, even Monica Rambo in this, like it just seemed like she was very stiff and wouldn't. And when she tried to show some emotion, it just felt like it wasn't there, you know, like it, it seemed very forced. Um, and they've done this thing with the Marvel space stuff where everything is either extra silly or, extra scary like you there's no just when you get into the cosmic stuff of the marvel universe you know they're they're in normal places what we would consider you know zen law was kind of a normal place that um zen, not zen law that's where uh oh my gosh that's where the silver surfers from but yeah that was uh xandar was kind of a normal place futuristic you know great technology and everything the nova corps were there but it wasn't like this super wacky place of you know, that, that we've seen in Thor Love and Thunder. And we saw even, even to an extent with, um, with Thor Ragnarok, you know, the, the whole, uh, battle world or whatever it's, Sakaar is just, I don't know, like the, the, wasn't great world building there in Sakaar and what we saw in Guardians 
three, you know, some of the stuff we saw there and, and everything, it, it just, you know, I feel like that, that what they're doing with the Marvel cinematic universe stuff is they're, they're trying to go too far in a direction that it takes you way out of the movie rather than kind of leaning into like what a natural science fiction kind of thing would. Um, so, you know, I look, I'm saying all that to say this, that does not invalidate in my opinion, Ted's opinion. My, my disagreement of Ted's take does not, does not invalidate Ted's stake. And that's what it means to have a safe place to geek out. That's what it means to be able to sit around and talk. And then if we start to kind of, you know, bust chops a little bit, like I would with, with a Rifen who comes in, Rifen has the weirdest takes on everything. That's it. That's right. Rifen's in bed. He's got to be up at three o'clock in the morning, so he can't hear this. But, you know, Rifen has the weirdest take on, take on everything in the world. You know, it's like, Oh, well, you know, Muppets take Manhattan's probably the worst Muppet movie of all time. I'm sorry. Were you were you watching the same movie? You know, so but but it's in a case like this. You know, it's it's fine. It 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 is what it is, and that's okay. And and so that's a safe place to geek out. That no one's mad and no one's fighting a cause. Because here's the thing: at the end of the day, I did not pay a dime to make the movie. You know, um, I, there was none of my creative effort or my energy put into these things. That's right. It's trivia night for Scott Rifen. So he's not in bed yet. He gets to bed late. That's why it's no, that's why it's no prep Friday on his show because he can't get up early enough to do the prep. Well, you know, I got trivia night and, and, uh, and, and I, because I'm so good at everything and I know everything so much, I don't, uh, I don't get to participate in trivia. I just get to, to, to give the trivia questions and let people know that they're wrong. <laughs> you don't let them know they're wrong. Um, Am I safe to geek out about my love for fruit pulp? Listen, Matt Lane in the chat says that. Um, no, I, I, the, the, we know the rules. This is a safe place to geek out except for Star Trek, Twilight, and fruit pulp. Not at all. Uh, Jeff Lane says, I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is peak MCU. I kind of disagree there. I, I feel like Avengers was peak MCU. And by the Avengers, I mean like the first Avengers. Because here's here's where I'm going now from that. You see, the Marvels doesn't work if you haven't watched Miss Marvel. Because you're like, who is this kid? What is going on? Um, in fact, I, and I haven't proven this by watching through yet, but I think with my with with what I do remember and know of things, I think that one of the successes of uh, of of the Marvel Cinematic Universe early on was the ability to enter at any point up to a certain extent. If you hadn't seen Iron Man or Thor, if you hadn't seen Captain America, the first Avenger, if you hadn't seen Iron Man 2, if you hadn't seen The Incredible Hulk, those are the phase one movies. You could watch Avengers having not seen those. And they do such a good job in the first 15 or 20 minutes of that movie getting everything set up that you know these characters, you know what's going on with them, and though you may, if you don't know who Bruce Banner is, you know, we meet him in this weird place and he keeps talking about the other guy. If you don't know who he is, someone next to you in the theater went, that's the Hulk, you know, or you just watch and you learn in within a few minutes' time what his deal is. 
everyone else, there's enough exposition given in what is going on that we get to kind of know them and know what their deal is within the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie. And then we're off. You, we know what the threat is. We, we understand Fury's position. We understand uh, who these other people that are being assembled around them are. You know, we, it doesn't take us long once we've met uh, Black Widow and, and Iron Man. And once we've met Captain America, you know, we, he's having the flashbacks. And, and you just kind of get told the story. So you can come into Avengers having not seen the others, and it's a great. It still is a great movie. It absolutely, um, it absolutely holds up. You know, when you get to Avengers: Age of Ultron, it is a little bit dragged down by Phase Two, but again, there's nothing. Think about what happens in. In, in phase two of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um you know in 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 phase two you have Iron Man three and Iron Man three is all about Tony without out the armor and and then you have Thor the Dark World um you know which is all about you know, Thor follows up and, and there's Loki involved and all this other stuff, you know, with, with, with the dark world and that sort of thing. But it doesn't necessarily play into the events of uh, Thor, of, 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 of Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, <clears throat> phase two has uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And that is probably the biggest MCU impacting thing, Im- impacting movie between Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, honestly, Captain America the Winter Soldier may be peak MCU. Like it's it's right up there with Avengers for me. It is it is such a good movie that still holds up. But what happens in that with the downfall of Shield and everything is is the most impactful thing on Age of Ultron. Because Guardians of the Galaxy has no real impact on Age of Ultron, and then you get to Age of Ultron, and you immediately the show the the show the movie opens with um with the Avengers all together, you know, and and what do we learn that in the time that since we've if you haven't watched any of Phase Two, if all you watched was Avengers, and you're like oh an Avengers sequel, I'll watch this. If that's all you've watched, then you show up, oh, they're still together, hanging out, doing their thing, you know. It seemed like they all kind of went their separate ways, but they're back together, even having a party at, you know, Stark Tower, enjoying their self, you know, that sort of thing. And then um, <clears throat> you, uh, you, they're together, they're on a mission. You understand, oh, yeah, I recognize that spear. I know what's going on there. I get that. Okay, cool. Here are these two kids. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um you know, now Tony wants to do this artificial intelligence thing. All right. Oh, this is not looking good. We vibranium. I think, you know, okay, this is this metal apparently. And they made a shield. Oh, that must be Captain America. So there's enough in exposition to again, fill in other plot holes and everything and fill in the gaps. And then here comes fury. And you're like, well, there's enough going on within the storytelling that you're not going to feel lost because you didn't see what came before it. So that then gets to, you know, 
phase three. And I know Ant-Man is considered the closeout of, 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 uh, of the phase two. And that's fine. You know, I think that's weird and I don't really agree with it, but that's fine. When you get into phase three, which is leading into infinity war, um, it, you know, it kicks off after Ant-Man with civil war. So civil war is an, is listen, it's a great, I love Captain America civil war. I think it's a great movie, but this is where everything starts to have to, you, you have to watch civil war to understand what's happening in infinity war. Because when all of Thanos's guys show up on earth, and here's Doctor Strange doing his thing. And, oh, there's Spider-Man. I didn't realize, why has he got a weird suit? You know, um, when when they start, when you start having all this go on with them, uh, you have to have watched Civil War to understand why Tony and Cap aren't, and why Cap and his team are, are under arrest, you know, and what's going on there. And, you know, and, and then I guess you could go ahead and have Doctor Strange just be there, and that's fine, but... It's still kind of like, you know, strange. Why is the Hulk in space? You know, what's he doing there with Thor and them? Because last we saw him, he was flying off in a Quinjet. You know, what Loki is here and, and he's friends with Thor now, but he's dead. And and so there's so many things that you have to kind of kind of watch leading into, uh, especially Thor. Like Thor Ragnarok is the lead into Infinity War. I mean that's all there is to it, with their with because it ends with them being overshadowed by Thanos' ship, um, Black Panther and Wakanda. They go to Wakanda and Infinity War. It's like, what are they doing? What is all this about? You know, who is this guy? If you haven't watched these things, and so immediately Infinity War kind of begs the question that you have seen the the at least the Phase Three stuff that came before it, um. You know, and then Endgame had the two movies between it, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which that plays into Endgame. Him being in the quantum realm is, that is the plot point of Endgame that, that gives them the ability to get everyone back, you know, who was snapped away in Infinity War. Captain Marvel, it just, if you don't watch Captain Marvel, then... She shows up. She's just there. And you're like, who's this woman? You know, here. And not to mention, like, there's now there's this blue lady and a raccoon that's talking, you know, which you saw them in Infinity War, I guess. At least you kind of got to know some of that stuff in, in Infinity War. So you see, by the time you get to Infinity War and Endgame, you have to know, um, you have to have at least watch that that third phase. And that brings me to these these other movies that have come out recently. You know, that that was kind of the biggest, to me, that was the biggest fault of the Marvels. If you didn't watch WandaVision and you didn't watch uh, Miss Marvel, then what on earth is happening here? You could watch Mania without having watched Loki. You know, because they really do a good job of just introducing Kang as his own thing there, and you don't have to be with the one who remains. Um, you can, let's see, what, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Nope, see, that that springboards off of WandaVision. You have to have seen WandaVision. 
So there's too much that is is playing into everything that it it ends up it ends up bogging everything down. Now, Jeff Lane makes a point. I feel like that kind of emulates reading comic books. If you only read a few titles, people guest stars show up in other titles. You just have to figure it out via context. Exactly. And that's fine because you can do that. And they'll mention things. And back in the day, it was a great, it was a great device. There'd be an asterisk next to something they said about some other adventure or something they did. And then down in the column, there'd be an editor's note, check out this issue of that, or this issue of that. Um, that that's been one of the problems to comic books in general, especially in recent years. Now, Tenton says 1984, so I disagree. I think it's more that's more of a 90s into the 2000s era kind of thing, when every comic book started crossing over into everything, and there was these huge yearly things that would go on. Used to it was just in the annuals, so you'd have they started in in the 80s, in the mid to late 80s, of doing like the annual story crossover. So you had like the Evolutionary War, Atlantis Attacks, the Terminus Factor, um, at all, all those different ones, all those different things. But when you get to the 2000s, it's like the whole universe is going to be rocked by this. And so instead of being able to read, you know, a 12-issue Secret Wars, you have to read all of the things leading up to that, the end of the universe and and how all these things kind of collapse together. And then you get into that and then... You get into all this other stuff, but it it was it it was, but it's become a, a non factor. You know, DC was just as bad as Marvel. DC was doing the new Fifty Two, and they had this Fifty Two thing that went for a whole year, and then they had Infinite Infinite Crisis, and 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 and, and some other crisis, and then the, all, it it every time Blackest Night, you know, Darkest Night light the night, all this different stuff that was going on in flashpoint, the return, the rebirth, all these different things that they will do. And if you aren't up to speed on what's going on, it, you, there's no entry point anymore. Even in the nineties, you could pick up a book and you could start to thumb through and, and kind of just jump in, you know, you'd have story arcs within a book and that what that began was more writing for the trades where you started having six issue runs of a singular story that would then later be collected in a trade paperback. And, and that just evolved out of there. I, I think it's a little bit later on the tree Tenton than, than the eighties of, of that kind of coming to pass with all the crossover secret wars was a response to superpowers that was Mattel looking for a toy line to, to, to of superheroes, and they went to Marvel, and Marvel did. They truly did like focus groups to find out what little boys like. They like secrets and they like wars. So here's Secret Wars, and and that did spill out into all the other books that were there. But you didn't have to. So like one month you had Hulk, like you had Hulk see the big thing in Central Park and go in. The next issue was Hulk comes out. The pro the, the biggest problem with that is is you still had twelve issues of Secret War to to explain why the Hulk came limping out of that thing, rather than you know being the full on Hulk and why he was a lot grumpier when he came out than he was when he went in. And you had the little tags up in the corner that said Secret Wars crossover. And then when they hit Secret Wars two. 
you know, that played in all these other things. But I, I remember getting Secret Wars 2, and I had to get it all in back issue because this was like 88, 89, and Secret Wars 2 had already come out. And so I was I was getting Secret Wars 2 and back issues and, and feeling like I needed to get all these other Secret Wars 2 crossovers. But then it only took me two or three of the Secret Wars 2 crossovers to realize, oh, the Beyonder just kind of showed up here. Or he turned this building to gold, and they're just dealing with the ramifications of that. All that gets told in an editor's note. Done. You know, this happened in Secret Wars 3, you know, and, and or Secret Wars 2, number 3. Check it out now on newsstands. But you didn't ha- you weren't lost if you didn't get that. You know, you weren't at, you, there wasn't information you were missing. Now with these crossovers, there's information you're missing if you miss out on some of these things. I'll, let me let me give this example. Secret Invasion, not the show, the comic story. Um Secret <laughs> Secret Invasion, little boy said they like symbiotic relationships between a man and his clothes. I'll get to that in a second talking about Secret Wars and it, how it affected things. Um, Secret Invasion was a really great concept, especially spinning out of what had gone on with Civil War. And I feel like there was something else that took place. Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Secret Invasion happens. And if you try to read just the Secret Invasion title, the, the Secret Invasion title, the primary title... The first issue to the second issue is so disjointed. It's like, what has happened here? And you have to kind of piece together all the things they want you to get from some of the other titles that were having Secret Invasion crossovers. Or, worst case scenario, they would do like a three-issue thing of Fantastic Four, Secret Wars, X-Men, or Fantastic Four, Secret Invasion, Secret Invasion, X-Men, because they didn't want to affect the, the main title, but they were still crossing over the main title. It That is the prop. That is the burden of over saturation of continuity sensitivity in, in storytelling for all of these things. You know, I don't know that anyone's bothered when you watch a James Bond film and, you know, Goldfinger doesn't lead right into diamonds are forever or whatever the next one was, you know, or, or, you know, live and let die doesn't lead right into the spy who loved me. You know, they're different stories with the same characters, that sort of thing. I think that that's one of the things that, that comics needs to get back to. But I also think it's a thing that maybe the movies need to, they need to figure out a way to take a step back and tell individual stories. Because that was the, that was one of the things about that phase one. Iron Man was its own story. Hulk was his own story. Iron Man two had some connective tissue in it, but not a whole ton. You know, you had he was dealing heavily with Shield there, and of course the Black Widow had come in and that sort of thing. But but when you look at the at what was going on in, in Iron Man two, it was definitely leading into some other things. And your in your post credit scene was the hammer and that sort of stuff. But it wasn't anything that's like if you missed Iron Man two, you wouldn't understand Thor. You know, when when you got to Thor, it, Thor was its own thing, and Stark was mentioned, but it wasn't. And Shield is is there, but it's not essential to know everything from the prior, prior movies. And definitely the same thing with Captain America. So anyway, um, you know, I, I think that Mark Hamill says, how's the best way to increase comic sales? 
that's I think that's a multifaceted thing. I, I think when you get to that, you're talking about a whole restructuring of the distribution method. Love comic shops. I love the direct, you know, the, the direct market comic shops, but they, but but publishers unintentionally kind of cut their legs out from under them when they went to that. Um, and so you have to, most people's entry, my entry, my entry to comics was because I picked up a comic book off a, off a shelf in a convenience store. You know, I had a buddy who had some comics that he gave me and then I started picking them up in convenience stores and that sort of thing before I ever knew there was a comic book store. I'd see them, I'd see them at the grocery store, you know, I, and, and so this, this broad distribution method was one that allowed easy entrance. Now, Cody Murphy says comics are impenetrable for the comic curious. I got into comics with new 52 because they were all number ones. That's one thing. But it, the thing is, if you pick up a comic book and not worry about the number on the cover, what you'll discover is back in the day, you, they were one shot stories. And in a lot of those stories, it would give you all the information you needed to kind of catch up where you were at. You know, that it was it was a style of writing that was essential to keeping a comic book going because they understood that we need to we need to let you know make these things accessible i think they've stopped worrying about comic book accessibility um and what they've done is um <clears throat> oh he's saying having to cross over and and tie-ins. I, I, oh, that's what they were asking. Yeah, making people buy more issues to understand what's going on. I think that's that's part of their thing. The other thing they'll do is nowadays they do like these variant covers, and that that inflates the comic sales because comic collectors like myself are suckers. We're suckers for all of these different things because we want to be completists or we like this cover or that cover, and they make sure a lot of times to make sure the the coolest cover is the one that's least in circulation. But even that is kind of a jippy thing to do. You know, it's the same thing Tops has done with trading cards, you know, where you have different colored borders and you're supposed to collect all the different colors, you know, rainbow that set out, you know, so you have all the different colors and it, and it really comes down to you're fleecing the customer who is thinking that this is going to add value in the long run. And, and so then you have, so what you realize then is that they're not, and and you're right, Cody's right. Comics are catering to our age and not the kids, and that's a huge mistake. I was a 12 year old kid reading comics. I was 11 year old kid reading comics and understanding them. And sometimes there'd be big words that I didn't understand, but there was never anything that I felt was inappropriate for me to be reading. I never felt like there was anything I had to hide from my parents. You know, that if they saw it, that they would be like, "Ooh, I can't believe you're reading this." You know, it was. It was it was pretty wholesome for the most part, and I know that there were intense issues dealt with sometimes. You know, the drug stuff and was was a big one. You know, especially you think of that cover with with Green Arrow and and Speedy. You know, and you think of um, there was even a, a, a Spider Man comic that dealt with it. There was uh, issues of comics that dealt with with things. You know, with some serious issues like suicide and that sort of thing, but they dealt with them in such a way they understood they had a younger audience and, and they did not talk down to a younger audience. And, and that's the other thing. Nowadays we think that, that having, um, having something for kids means it has to be super dumbed down, you know, and 
that that's a whole other spiel you could go on. But I listen, all this spins out of um all this all this spins out of is this idea of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gotten so so bloated. And so that then leads into a lot of speculation about what is to come now because I don't know I don't know if they I, look if I'm thinking of the here's my hope if I'm thinking this way if we're thinking this way um then how is it that the executives and stuff are not thinking this way you know they they've seen they've seen these movies drop off in their profitability so either the answer is a lot, of, and and here's the problem: a lot of times with studios and studio execs, the answer is pull the plug on everything. But it doesn't seem like they're doing that, and it seems like hopefully we've seen them be smart enough to build this universe. You know, now the question is: are they smart enough to keep it going in the right way? And with Disney's acquisition of Fox. And now all the contracts of Fox. So, you know, we've got the X-Men there. Like we said, you know, we've seen the hints of it in Multiverse of Madness. You know, Professor X was there. We've seen some other hints of X-Men, as we've mentioned already in the show. So we've seen those things. And um, now, what? Well, there's this Deadpool thing that's happening. Um, Deadpool and Wolverine. And I know that you've all seen the trailer and... And it's and it's interesting because Deadpool is doing something that, quite frankly, um, She-Hulk was doing before him in the comics, breaking the fourth wall. And and he's done that in the comics all this time and everything, and and that's fine, that's all good and well. But we got this official teaser, and um, I don't, I'm seeing something here that I don't think is true. Is there is there a second trailer, or is this a fake? No, that's a fake. Okay, has to be. Yeah, this is all okay. I don't want to get to the fakes. I'll just get to the actual thing. So let's play this a little bit. All right, okay. Um, it's been a challenging few years for sure, but I'm happy. That is because of each and every one of you. I am the luckiest man alive. Make a wish, buddy. Wait, Wilson? Who's asking? Whoa, 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 whoa. Is that supposed to be scary? Pegging isn't new for me, friendo, but it is for Disney. <sighs> Mr. Wilson. You appear to have soiled yourself while unconscious. I wasn't unconscious. Who are you? Why am I here? Walk with me. Wait. You are special. This is your chance. To be a hero among heroes. I smell what you're stepping in, Sensei. Your little cinematic universe is about to change forever. I'm the Messiah. I am Marvel Jesus. Uh! 
solve this part? Wait! Don't just stand there, you ape. Give me a hand up. Nope, I'm actually okay. Thank you very much. So anyhow, that's Deadpool and Wolverine. That's the trailer. And, you know, I've I've made it clear, I think, I hope I have on this show, that, like, I, I saw the original Dare, uh, Deadpool, and I, it's too vulgar. Like, there, I said it. I, it's you. Do, you don't have to be vulgar to be irreverent. And man, in in Deadpool two, there's so much good about what they did with Deadpool two that it's like, uh But why do you have to be so vulgar? And that's what that's my big problem with with all of this. And so if they can tone down the vulgarity, you can keep the irreverence. You know, you can keep the wit and everything and you don't have to be as vulgar, but it doesn't seem like they're getting too far away from that. You know, even in this trailer with the whole comment he makes of the TVA at the beginning. Um, but, but the thing is, it's like, I don't know that a rated R movie is going to be the way to rebuild the the MCU maybe I mean they may do it you know I, I've seen a lot of theory videos out there and everything a lot of people you know really pushing that this is what I think is going to happen of course there at the end when he's there it looks like he's at the end of time I mean like where in where they went in Loki basically uh, the the that whole big thing is the 20th century Fox logo you know falling down in the desert and everything and and uh, of course that's Wolverine that that comes at him at the end and all. Um, but when you get to the, the, to that scene, apparently over to the side, and I saw someone actually take a screenshot and zoom in. It was a copy of secret wars, the, the, the 2015 secret wars, like number five or whatever with Dr. Doom on the cover. So it's like Dr. Doom's first quote unquote appearance in the Marvel cinematic universe. I think what could be, could be better is what, has been announced finally. I don't know. I'm really kind of, I don't want to say I'm, I'm not worried about it because look, we got the casting, the official casting uh, as announced by Marvel at marvel.com of the fantastic four. And so you've got Pedro Pascal as, as Reed Richards, Vanessa Kirby as Sue storm, uh, Eben Moss Bachrock as the, as Ben Grimm and Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. Now, in this, in, the, in they released like some artwork that looks very retro, you know, not quite Norman Rockwell, but very much out of something out of like a magazine from the 60s. And you kind of see that Sue and Reed are in some type of uniform looking thing. Uh, Sue's looks very closer to the John Byrne era of uniform. Reed's looks a little more classic. He's got, you know, they've got belts on. They're not like onesies or whatever. Uh, Ben is in a sweater and regular pants, Johnny storms in regular clothes. Um, and you've got a little robot serving coffee to Ben Grimm, which could be Herbie. So that's, I mean, that's cool. You know, Uh, there's nothing about this cast that bothers me or I have a problem with. I just don't know really any of these actors outside of, of course, Pedro Pascal from, 
the Mandalorian. And I look, I really like John Krasinski and the idea of John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Um, I hate that he was in multiverse of madness for like 30 seconds before he was killed. Um, but, uh, Vanessa Kirby, you know, I, I don't know why she wouldn't be a good Sue storm. I don't know why, uh, Evan wouldn't be a good Ben Grimm. You know, I, that comes down to how they make him look and how, you know, what his voice is like. And, and then Joseph Quinn is Johnny storm. I, you know, I don't know anything about any of these people outside of I've seen pictures on IMDb. Basically. I don't know that I've seen anything they're in. So Ben Grimm was in Andor who now I could ask you, that's from the old Texas cow patty. I could ask you Tex, um, who he was in Andor, but that doesn't give me any, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I watched the show one time and, and won't visit again. And I even said we wouldn't talk about star Wars here, so we won't do that. Um, but yeah, but obviously I know Pedro from the Mandalorian, um, so I don't have a problem with this cast. What I what I am concerned about it is the way they showed, and it was Valentine's Day, and so you know it was like a Valentine's Day card that they released. But the logo looks very retro. Um, it looks like it's made to look like something out of a '60s kind of magazine kind of thing, '50s or '60s. And I'm I'm really hoping that we don't end up with a period piece of the fantastic four. Um, I know that you have to ask a lot of questions. Um, I, I know you have to ask, you know, you, you have to ask a lot of questions if they're around like, well, where were they when Thanos came about? You know, where were they when the Chitari attacked? Where, why didn't they show up when? And so I know we've got all these different things. That's right. Joseph Quinn was, um, in stranger things. He was, uh, uh, Eddie in Stranger Things. That's right. So, I think he'll be a great Johnny Storm. Come to come. Let me go ahead and say this. Yes, I think he'll be a great Johnny Storm. The dude who's playing Ben Grimm is in was in the Bear. I've watched two episodes of that long time ago and could not place him. And, and again, couldn't place him in Andor. So, um, so yes, Joseph Quinn I think is a good pick for Johnny Storm. I don't know that Pedro Pascal's a good pick for for Reed Richards. I don't. I. I don't know. I, I'm not fired up about that, but I'm not again. I'm not mad about it either. You know, listen, I love the Fantastic Four. There is no getting around that. Um, but I hope they don't do this as a period piece, as a way to explain why they're not around during the events of Infinity War and Endgame. Because I don't. Um, I think you got to be smarter than that. I think you got to be better than that. And uh, so that's that's kind of kind of where I'm at on, on, on the Fantastic Four, but they also have the opportunity to be a thing that really impacts the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a big way and and kind of starts to right the ship. And that's what you need is some fresh new blood, if you will, new characters to be infused into this universe. Because once we lost Iron Man, who was the foundation of everything, once we kind of lost him after Endgame, once Captain America has gone away, and I know Sam Wilson's Captain America, and I know we've got the whole Captain America and whatever they're calling that coming up, you know, but I, but that doesn't, and I know we're going to get Harrison Ford as Thunderbolt Ross, but I'm sorry, I'm not fired up about that. I, I you know, I think that, um, I think that, that, that 
that in a post in game world, you know, we miss Steve Rogers, Captain America, you know, and, and I just think that as much as I like Sam and I understand that he was Captain America in the comics still is, you know, his, his version of Captain America in the comics, it doesn't mean that I I don't miss Steve Rogers, you know, and, and want him around. He brought something, his, he and Tony had a dynamic that really brought something special to the plate as well as Thor. And those guys have always been considered like the big three when it comes to the Avengers, that they're, they're almost a necessity. They're kind of needed. But when you start bringing in, you know, the big dogs, like the Fantastic Four, Ben Grimm, Mr. Fantastic, when you get Dr. Doom, and here's the thing that I'm kind of concerned about. I'm concerned that they're not going to bring in Doom right out of the gate, and I'll be fine with that, to be honest with you. I think it'd be interesting to see the Fantastic Four have to fight off a mole man, have to fight off uh, a psycho man. Now that we've been down into the quantum realm, you know, psycho man, someone who exists in that, in that, in that small universe, I think that it would be interesting to see the fantastic four have to take on, you know, any number of their other villains, um, outside of Dr. Doom, you know, and, and bring Dr. and, and kind of hold Dr. Doom back a little bit. You know, they kind of did that with the Mandarin for Iron Man. The Mandarin was always considered one of Iron Man's big, villains and we never truly truly got the mandarin um but you know it, it it'd be interesting to see to see him come into play i'm looking around my shelf now we've had scrolls you know the super scroll would be interesting but you'd have to have a reason for that particular version of the super scroll to be against uh the fantastic four at this point um I hate that Kang's not around. He's a good villain for them. It'd be cool to introduce a, a, a frightening for, you know, go ahead and bring in um, the wizard, you know, as a, as a foil, you know, that it's not quite the foil that, that doom is for Reed Richards, but he's still a foil and he can assemble a team to fight them kind of thing, you know, or that, that may be the reason they have to have to go to it, have to, have to step up and, and, and fight the battle, you know, win the day. So there's, there's a lot of neat opportunities that they could go to, if they will. Um, of course, you know, I know we're all looking at Galactus. What if Galactus comes in and that sort of thing? Hold off on that. You know, let that be, give it time. Um, and, and, but have fun, you know, so, um, I want to see FF take on the Heralds. Exactly. The Heralds of Galactus, you know, Terax and the Airwalker, Fire Lord, of course, Silver Surfer's in there. Um, you know, that'd be great. <clears throat> so, um, but I say that to say, you know, there are new entry points coming to the MCU, and that's a good thing. We need to have those because if we don't, then then it, we're going to get bogged down in 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 more stuff. Where you have to have seen this, you have to, and that's the other thing. They need to make sure that you don't have to have seen anything to watch the Fantastic Four. You know that that they go back to these things of well, this is reference, but it's not required. And, and if you can do that and do that well, then I, I think you've got yourself a decent, you, you've got yourself a decent, uh, situation on your hands to be able to, to really breathe some new life into this Marvel cinematic universe. And I don't, you know, I don't know. I, what Marvel did so well, I think is, is interesting because it, it spawned something in other 
studios. You know, other studios began looking for their cinematic universe. Other studios began looking for their thing that they wanted, you know, to have uh, over everyone. And and quite frankly, they all rushed a little much to get it. You know, when you think about like what they what what DC did, you know, they moved way too fast. You know, you went from Superman to Superman v Batman: Dawn of Justice. And regardless of whether those movies are good, bad, or otherwise, what you what you don't have is um, is time to let these characters build. You know, and they introduce Wonder Woman, then we then we get a good Wonder Woman movie. You know that that's eighty years in the past, basically. So it's just it's you have to. You got to take time and you can't rush everything and give these characters time to breathe in their own thing. And so maybe that would be, I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm, now I'm backtracking. <laughs> maybe it would be better just to let them, let them have a period piece and then they move through time or space or something. I don't know. What do, what do I even know? I'll tell you nothing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know nothing. Because I'm not a filmmaker, but I I love the Fantastic Four. I'm looking forward to it, and I, and I look forward to any opportunity to get to talk about the Fantastic Four in in any setting. So that'll be fun. I remember when we were going to see Infinity War. Was it Infinity War? It was right around the time that you know Marvel the whole uh, the whole acquisition had taken place, and. And, and okay, look, if you, so, and I put something out there to my now wife as we were going to go see it at the time we were just dating. And she said, well, what do you hope to see? I said, well, I'm going to tell you, I said, this won't happen. I said, but I think it'd be super cool if it did. Once you get down to the end of infinity war and whatever happens, happens, um, I think it'd be really cool for the post credits scene to uh to be just the skies of New York. You know, it's you know, whatever's happened happened. And all of a sudden you see a flare go off of a building and it just explodes into a giant four. And as the camera backs away from having seen that, you see down the alley this big dude in a trench coat and a hat, just look up and then it goes black. Um, you know, to say, Hey, the, the fantastic four is on the way. And I, I just thought that'd been really cool to see, but, but alas, that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. And instead, you know, what happened happened and that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I, it, it was too early for them to be able to do that at that time. And I realized that I know that I'm not, I'm not a fool. I'm not a foolish man. But that was just kind of like my, oh, what a great scenario this would be, you know, because then you've introduced him because in the, in the, in the first issue in the original comic, you know, like it starts off real dramatic, you know, where you've got this dude in shadow saying, I hoped I'd never have to do this. And he shoots the, the flare up in the sky, the fantastic flare, and it's Reed Richards and he's gathering all the fantastic four together. And so you're kind of introduced to them panel by panel. And then he remembers their origin in a flashback and then they have to fight the mole man or, or what have you. So, you know, it, it's fun stuff, you know? Um, and 
And that's the other thing is like the Fantastic Four, you have to believe the family dynamics of the Fantastic Four. You have to believe that they had a relationship before they ever became superheroes, that they were that that they were friends, that there's connections there, so that when they do become superheroes, th- that family thing is still there. And we have to be careful about the comedy. But you know what? There's so much time to be concerned about that and, and look forward to that and you know, we're we're over a year out from that actually hitting theaters. So I'm sure in about let's see, that comes out in July of next year, Lord willing. I, I imagine it'll be Christmas before we see any trailers or anything else from it. So, you know, we'll see as we as we move along. It's something to look forward to and it's one of those things that I am looking forward to. It's kinda it's got those old geek juices kind of flowing again, but uh, I'm just hoping they don't they don't uh, They don't mess me up, you know. They don't let me down. But we'll see. Hey, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, man, we've got some stuff to talk about. Pretty crazy. We'll be right back. We're We're going to reveal those brackets. Or not the brackets. We're going to reveal the March Madness competition. Or whatever it's going to be. But We'll be back back. Has this ever happened to you? I don't know who you are. I'm coming in. You got the wrong house. Well, you don't have to worry. Protect yourself and your family with BTH Security. Beatrice Turner Home Security has been in business since 2009, protecting people just like you. With our founder's patented alarm, criminals and burglars will be scared away. Just listen. Once you hear that sound, you know your home is protected and one of our agents will call you right away to make sure you're okay. Don't forget, Beatrix Turner, the first name in home security. $29 ring at Walmart. I'm a single, single man, ladies. And I don't know a lot about love, don't know a lot about relationships. But I do know this. Just work a little hard, save up, guys, and come on. At least get into the triple digits on what you're spending on a ring. At least get to that $100 mark before you uh, before you buy a ring for your bride-to-be. Wow. Steve Glosson is not an accredited zoologist. He is simply an enthusiastic young man with an abiding love for all of God's creatures. Share his love this morning on the Big Honkin' Show. All of a sudden, a freaking zebra comes running down the street like a car. I would have tried to hug him. Yeah. I would have been like, come here, zebra. Come here. We must study him. He's a zebra whisperer. Easy. Here's what's happening. The zebra is just trying to get back to its natural habitat, the interstate. 
Me gustan mucho los animales. said big honking show we are rolling along here and coming on the the back segment the back 40 the back nine whatever you want to call it the the back end of the big honking show <laughs> i don't think that's appropriate um the back side of the big i don't like the back the the, the the you know the final segment the final segment we've got a lot to talk about ladies and gentlemen is what i'm saying um so here's here we are um we talked about what we'll do in March and it's been decided. It has been, uh, it is, it has been, been chosen upon what we will, what we will do for our March madness brackets this year. Last year, I got a little bit over my skis thing. I do a bunch of different stuff and, uh, that's a lot of work, but I, I really want to do it up well and do it up right this year. So this year, our March madness brackets are going to be the best movie score. Not theme, all right. So here, here are the here are the parameters we're going to set out for the best movie score. I'm looking for the movie score that from 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 track one or from the opening whatever to the closing bell is the best cinematic movie score. Not a juke, not a juking box soundtrack like a footloose. We're not looking at like a footloose. Or or a, or a Top Gun soundtrack where we have a bunch of great music on there, but it's not really the score of the film. We're looking at of you know a Star Wars, a Braveheart, a you know Howard Shore, James uh, James Newton Howard, uh, John Williams, um, James Horner, all these different people, you know these these great composers and everything. We're looking at best score. Um, for for a movie, so not just a theme, and and maybe there's a theme that makes the score as a whole great to you. But we're looking at the overall score now. Uh, if you have suggestions for this, we're not going to do this on the Facebook page or in the Discord or anything like that. We're going to do this via email. So I need you to email me at geekoutonline at gmail dot com and submit movie scores uh i would say if you'll keep it to under 20 that'd be great 20 and under uh movie scores because we're going to have to whittle these down and then what will begin to happen is is over the course of the next few weeks 
as I get those in, I'll compile them in a in a table of, you know, how many people basically what it comes down to is, you know, how many people suggest Empire Strikes Back is the best, you know, how many people are suggesting this one. And so depending on how many we get, we will um, we'll compile those things and we will seed them uh, as 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 they come in. Um, <clears throat> so <laughs> Tenton says, I will say the fall guy score. Now I do want to say this. Mark Hamill says he votes. We keep star Wars out because star Wars will easily win. I'm going to say this, Mark, don't, don't be so proud of this technological terror you've constructed. Um, of the John Williams scores. I don't know that star Wars is his best as an overall score particularly that new hope score. I know that new hope gave us a lot. And you know, you get the main star Wars theme, you get the force theme, um, and you get, uh, Leia's theme in there. Um, outside of that, what you have really is a lot of Wagner, um, uh, not ripoffs. That's the wrong word to use. You have a lot of Wagner esque music. Um, if you listen to, for example, well, let's do this. Let's do let's do let's do an experiment really quickly. And this is and look, I please, I don't want it to be said that Steve was not I, we weren't going to talk about Star Wars. I, I understand that. Um we're not going to talk about Star Wars on Geek Out Loud. The new Patreon special. <laughs> um look, let, let me pull this up cuz and this will be easier to do it this way. But uh but Wagner's the planets um was was heavily influential because that's probably some of the temp music that John, that, that George Lucas used in, in the screening of it. And so let me, let me see here real quickly. Uh, not, you know, that's not Wagner. That's Holst. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't looked at the chat, but I'm sure you're screaming at me. Um, Holst and, and sampling is a, is a good word. Um, so it's, it's Holst the planets. And I want you to hear, uh, this particular uh, theme from the planets. If you've not heard, um, th- this is Mars, the bringer of war. And so we'll we'll do this real quickly. This is some Scott Rifen mess right here. Hey, if you listen to listen to this and then turn around, listen, listen to the Creed score and then listen to this on the on the Mandalorian score. He does the same thing. He, he's a one trick pony. Now, they used this actual piece in the X-Men 2 trailer back in the early 2000s. There's a great... This is this whole... Uh, I don't know if you'd call it his opus, but the, yeah, this whole series of, of pieces by him, I don't know what the actual thing is because it's not movements. They're not different movements. Now, I want you to imagine the opening of Star Wars. And I want you to imagine the um, the Star Destroyer chasing the Tanticore.
so so you heard that you heard you heard that and then and i know you all listen i know everybody knows this and i'm not teaching anybody anything new but i just want to i want to address the comment of star wars wins lol because i i don't know that it does so let me pull up now you just heard that particular part of mars uh, the the bringer of war so now i want you to hear not this now listen if we were going for greatest themes of all time yes yes this right here there was something about what i just heard that i'm like i just went totally into myself and every ounce of happiness just bubbled about in me um there's just anyhow that but that's not the point the the point is the overall score so hold on a second let me let me move forward a little bit You hear that rolling and and the kind of the end of that. And what you have in this piece coming up in the blockade runner, the rebel blockade runner piece, part of this, this thing, you can hear that in, in, in Mars. Right here. Very much uh, sampling from Holtz here. I, I think that was the, the best word to use there. Because I, I don't want to say he's ripping off. But the, it probably is a result of, you know, one of the things that George Lucas did in, in, in getting this movie pieced together is he he used classical music to, um, to, to, to fill in the music on, in, in his temporary, to put a temporary score to his film. He also took old World War one in world war two like dogfight footage and put that in at the x-wing part because and so no one could really wrap their head around what he was trying to do but um but uh so here's the thing i'm going to say this that when you when you hear that particular score as a whole i'm you know maybe maybe empire is is better you know than 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 the original star wars um you know, you may even look at the prequels and say that they have, they're a little bit better even then. But I'll tell you what, for my money, if you're going to do a, a Williams score, um, I honestly think the, the, the original Superman, the movie score is a little bit better as a full score. And so see, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at from, from, from beginning to end, you know, because honestly, if this were a battle of themes, jo- George Lucas would, I'm George Lucas. John Williams would end up being in the top, you know, he'd end up being in the final four star Wars, Superman, Indiana Jones, and other, you know, <laughs> Jurassic park. What you, know, you fill it in, you know? Um, and so that's why we're not doing themes. We're, we're going a little bit bigger with, with the full score, because I think if you take something like, man, even, even fellowship of the ring, you know, and this is where it gets tricky because we're going to be dealing with 
you can't say the full Lord of the See, that's where and this is where the parameters are going to get tricky. Do we take the Lord of the Rings, all three movies? Do we take Star Wars, the whole saga? You know, do we I don't think we do that. We have to take it movie by movie. So when you get to Fellowship of the Ring, you know, you're talking about a just a good night. It It's good. It's just a it's a sweeping epic score is the is is the fellowship of the ring same thing with two towers same thing with return of the king i think return of the king may be my favorite of the three but is there something does it lose something because of its its size you know when you get into it i i don't know and that's going to be for us to decide so we're asking you to submit your suggestions keep them to 20 or less to geekoutonline at gmail.com suggestions will be compiled and we'll seed them. And we're probably going to seed them by number one. The first parameter is going to be how many did we get of each one? Like how many suggestions did we get of each one? And then from there, we will, um, we'll probably, depending on how many we get, put it out to everyone to kind of narrow some other things down, like do some preliminary voting in the Facebook group or on Twitter and, um, or X, and uh, and and get people to kind of voice their votes there, so that we can really get a good proper seating of these things. And then we'll we'll have four divisions. Um, so there'll be this is what I've got right now, and it may change because um, because I don't know you know really what what better way to do the divisions. Um, I think that you uh, have. Sci-fi slash fantasy, you know. You have drama, and that's where that's the one I don't know about. You know, like what what constitutes a dramatic? I think Braveheart would maybe considered a drama. It's not really an action adventure, and it's definitely not a fantasy or sci-fi. But it's a wonderful score. Um, uh, that's the one that comes to my mind immediately because I really do love that score a whole lot. Um, and then, uh, so sci-fi slash fantasy, that's one division. Drama is another division. Action adventure is a third division. And then the fourth division is comedy slash other. So, you know, uh, that, that would include, I think like animated movies. Um, I think that would include obviously comedies, let me look around here real quick. Like if you think the Muppets has, you know, one of those movies is just a wonderful score. We throw that in there, of course. Um, Star Trek is a comedy. So we, you know, if you think the Star Treks are, are it that, you know, we, we do that. So, you know, and it, and I know that it's looking like, and it, and it may be that we have to take comedy slash other out and put like drama slash comedy and, um, and then go from there into, having like instead of have sci-fi slash fantasy and then have like a superhero genre because it may be that you know people like well hey captain america is a great one i think the incredible hulk craig armstrong's incredible hulk score is is a fantastic score of of a movie and i am biased toward the incredible hulk i get that but i I really do like that score i also think you know that john ottman's superman returns is a really good score um though he leans heavily on John, the use of John Williams theme. So, uh, surprisingly enough, I think Superman four is a great score. 
Grease 2 is not really a score tent, and I think that's more of a musical, so you're dealing with, with musical. Home Alone would fit in comedy slash others, and that's a, that's, a great, that's a great suggestion. I think Home Alone's a great score. Um, if we, if, here's, here's the thing. The divisions may change, and we'll keep you updated on that as things come through. If we find that we're getting a heavy you know, type of movie on one that would fit under a broad division, we'll put its own division, and... If we end up with a lot, you know, that the amount of entries, you know, depends on how many ideas are submitted by you, the listener. I have a little list, you know. And so if we end up with a big dance of 64, um, we may do more that we may do more than four divisions. If that's the case, we may do eight divisions of eight, eight things each and be very specific with it, you know getting into decades or cause you think about like going with the wind is, you know, some of those, some of those older, you know, movies, those classic movies have great scores. And just because, you know, the, maybe the, the, the Dolby surround sound, it wasn't available. Then they're still very, 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 um, very, uh, very good, very sweeping, very epic in their, in their scope. So, uh, I'm asking to cut off the, um, the the entries on March 15th. So get everything that you would like to suggest to me in by March 15th. And let me say this, keep it to 20 in email is what I'm asking. Um, so if you have, if you send in 20 and you think of 10 more a couple of days later, send in those 10 back to me. Um, but, uh, but, but that way it'll, it'll just be easy to kind of, kind of keep up with things. Cause I'll be keeping a list, checking it twice, all that good stuff. I love Mark. I love the podcast of Steve telling the story of seeing Superman Returns. I don't remember that. I remember I liked Superman Returns. It felt weird, you know. It it was not the. It was. I'll tell you what my friend uh, said. Hickok said he said that was no Batman Return or Batman Begins. I'll tell you that right now. We were just kind of disappointed because it it felt like it fell a little flat. But I loved, you know, you watch that opening. I could watch those opening credits of Superman Returns all over again. Some of these scores I'm going to actually have, to, I, I'm sure there's some of you who will submit scores to me that I'm going to have to find and listen to, you know, and, and, and give an ear to, because when it comes down to the decisions for which score beats what score, they're going to be made. That's all going to happen live. Um, decisions will be made based on live chat votes and arguments made in the chat. And then of course the host preference, so, like, you're going to have the opportunity to make your arguments for these things. And and so this is probably going to happen over the course of several shows at, toward the end of March, Lord willing. Um, and, uh, and, and so decisions are going to be made based on a lot of that. And maybe we can do some call-ins. I don't know. Uh, we, I, I don't know if, if the Wilbur Heath Memorial Studios are, are geared up for live call-ins anymore. Um, I may have to get someone like Lethargic Chewy in here to monitor the chat. Uh, we'll we'll put we'll we'll make sure you know when these shows are going live to give you time. It won't be like a surprise. Hey, we're going live now. My my heart, my goal is to give you time to know on what day and time we're going to be going live so that you can tune in because I want to make it a big deal. I want to you know I want to make it fun and and have a good time with it. And it may be that based on the the way my hosting is now with new hosting and everything i may have to upload it in pieces i'd like to get it all done in one so you're talking about a marathon session of podcasting um 
that may call for Shazbazar to come up here and monitor the chat. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe I can throw Shazbazar a little gas money and get him to the Wilbur Heath Memorial Studios. Maybe, maybe Scott Rifen can come in and chime in. That That's, listen, Scott knows music and Scott will tell you, you know, it's not Kiss, so it's not good. That's what, that's what he'll say. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're looking at coming up in March with the March Madness brackets and everything. Now here's, here's what we got to do. You know, in, in the big honking show, when, when, if we get to go back and do it, um, there's a few things that we would do on the show oftentimes. And, uh, one of those things is, is we would take a look at the news around the world and, and see what we have. And in this case, um, my good friend, Jimmy in Georgia, now in Missouri, uh, sent me a few stories a, co- a couple of weeks back to kind of dig into. And of course, he sent me this one that's honestly, it breaks my heart a little bit uh, that this has taken place because I have a special place in my heart for the establishment that is being besmirched here and a special hatred in my heart for the way it's being besmirched. You've been hit by, you've been struck by smooth criminal. All right, so police are calling the arrest of nearly a dozen people Operation Blizzard after they discovered people were selling more than just the frozen treats at a Dairy Queen in Clifton, Texas. This sound, now listen, this story sounds like, based on the headline, sounds like it should be Florida news, but it's not. It's Texas news. What's happening out there, Tejas? The Clifton Police Department arrested 10 in connection with selling methamphetamine around multiple locations in the town, including the Dairy Queen, where several of the people worked, according to a news release posted to Facebook by the CPD. Local law enforcement had investigated the case since June of 2023 when they received a tip that people were selling methamphetamine in the small town, which is northwest of Waco. The news release says police discovered several people were selling the drugs at Dairy Queen where they worked, hence the name Operation Blizzard. Very clever. Police set up undercover purchases and learned the methamphetamine was also being sold around other locations in the city. On January 16th, police obtained a search warrant for area apartments where two people were arrested and found with methamphetamine and drug paraphernalia. The arrest led to to police arresting more people via search warrants at various addresses in Clifton, ending with a total of 10 people on January 26th. Yeah, I'd like a dip cone. Uh, You want that chocolate dip? No, I want that meth dip. You've been hit by... You've been struck by... A smooth criminal. The, uh... Listen, I I worked at Dairy Queen through high school, worked at Dairy Queen through part of college. Um, I have a very special place in my heart for Dairy Queen. The problem with Dairy Queen is from town to town, you never know what you're going to get. And there, sometimes you drive through a town and that Dairy Queen looks like it's a meth house. You've been hit by, you've been struck by, smooth criminal. Hey, yeah, let me get a meth blizzard. You've been hit by, you've been struck by, smooth criminal. This brings a whole new meaning to hot eats and cool treats. You've been hit by. Of course, I believe now they call it grill and chill. They used to be the Dairy Queen brazier. Now they're just Dairy Queen Heisenberg. Let's talk about this Operation Blizzard. Let's not do that, guys. Let's not. 
let's not, because what you've done is you've besmirched the good name of the Dairy Queen. But I do wonder, I don't know, maybe you watched uh, Breaking Bad and there's that moment where he says, I am the one who knocks. How about the person that comes to the thing and they, they find out their buddy that works up front, you know, pumping the ice cream and everything is, he's been selling meth and he's like, you know what you think, you think people come to, to this store and they, and they, and they're going to order their blizzard. They're going to, they're going to come back here and they're going to blend it up. And they're going to put different treats in it. And they're going to turn it upside down when they serve it. Well, I am the one who inverts the blizzard. You've been hit by, you've been struck by or maybe it was a girl who was, um, doing it and you know and <laughs> she's out back behind the store you know making a deal and there's some dude like that she's totally intimidating because she's got the stuff and she knows how to make it and no one else can make it like she does and she looks at him and says say my name and the guy looks at her and goes Dairy Queen? You've been hit by You've been struck by Smooth criminal And she's like no It's Heisenberg In other news um well, and this is down in Florida, Florida news. Um, and, and really, unfortunately, more up my alley than, than drug talk. Uh, Orlando, Florida, <clears throat> a customer has filed a negligence lawsuit against Duncan. That'd be, you know, I guess they just go by Duncan anymore, not Duncan Donuts, claiming he was injured by an exploding toilet at one of the coffee chains in Central Florida. This is where I'm glad I don't have like a sound effects board with a big explosion on it because I would be using it right now and I would be doing something um not so not so great. Um <laughs> by the way, back up to the last story. I'm sorry. Um is Dennis the Menace still on the cup? No, but he is on the math. You've been hit by you've been struck by smooth criminal. Anyhow, um Listen, I don't think you can blame Duncan for an exploding toilet. You know, that sounds like your problem. And I, listen, don't forget, you know, there was that guy at Home Depot that they had to call the cops on because... Y'all need to get out of here because I'm fixing to blow it up. That was what he said to people in Home Depot when he walked into the bathroom. In case you missed that. Y'all need to get out of here because I'm fixing to blow it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Paul Kerouac is seeking more than $100,000 in a lawsuit. I don't think that's over. I don't think that is frivolous. Uh, in a lawsuit filed Wednesday in the state court of Orlando, claiming he suffered <clears throat> severe and long-term injuries following the explosion of a toilet in the men's room of a Duncan location in Winter Park, Florida, a year ago. Now, um, what happened? That's. I don't think we're getting a lot of a lot of details here. And the ones we're about to get, I don't want. After the explosion left Kerouac covered in in human feces, I, why can't they say poo? I think poo is better than feces, right? I mean, I know feces is like the term. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. Uh, left him covered in human feces, urine, and debris. He walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers at the stores and the store's manager, according to the lawsuit. An employee... An employee told him they were aware of the, quote, problem with the toilet, unquote, since there had been previous incidents. The lawsuit says without diving further into details about the explosion. Well, we need to dive further into details about the explosion. The Canton, Massachusetts-based company didn't 
did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. When contacted by email for more details on Kerwak's injury, his attorney, Scott Spradley, said he was tied up and couldn't answer the question until the following day. Well, then write the story the following day, Associated Press. This is from back in January 4th. Well, there must be more information about this now. Let's see. Duncan exploding toilet. Surely there's a follow-up on this. Uh, nope. Let's see. No, let's see. January. Uh, let's see. Orlando Weekly. Maybe Orlando Weekly has something better because this is actually down there. That was from the Associated Press. Um, according to a report by the Associated Press, uh, that, nothing, nothing. We're imagining the toilet bomb scene from Lethal Weapon 2, just more unfortunate. Okay, yeah. When he emerged from the restroom seeking assistance from the staff, he was informed there had been previous incidences with the same toilet. I don't think $100,000 is frivolous for this. Um, Steve Lawson, you're a very bad man. Well, listen, now, <laughs> Jeff Lane says, do we need the adjective human? Who else was using it? <laughs> human debris? Yeah, what kind of debris? See, here's the thing. Are we talking, oh, oh. are we talking toilet paper? Are we talking, um, what are we talking here? I'd like to see an interview with this man. I'd like to know what the outcome of this particular situation is because all we're getting is, is the same information that was given to us. Where are, this is one of the problems we've always had on the big honking show. Where are the, the, the investigative journalists who go after the real things. So, um, <laughs> oh no. How did the toilet explode? Every news source mentions an explosion, but there's no cause given. That's what I'm looking now at some. Okay. Here's what someone says. I went to the wonderful world of Reddit to find this out. So, um, who threw poo? <laughs> Is he related to who flung dung? <laughs> You know, flung do is that maybe this guy was just training in the maybe this is a Mr. Miyagi kind of training in the art of 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 uh, flung poo. You know that <clears throat> that's terrible. Anyway, um, <laughs> was it fl it's flung do flung do? <laughs> what was it? I'm trying to find it right now. <laughs> Everybody was flung to find me. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm trying to find where I've got it because I know I've got it somewhere around here. Oh, this reminds me of that. This does remind me of the sewage truck news. We used to play um play some of that. Anyhow, let me let me come back to this now. My only hypothesis is that it was a flammable gas explosion in the sewer or the water valve burst in a violent manner and the building had really high water pressure. The latter thing probably could injure someone is likely to fail and may have been in partly broken state earlier to provide that something was wrong with the toilet report that came in previously. But it's hard to see how that would happen, how that would have spewed feces everywhere unless the pipe jetted down into the bowl and ricocheted out. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Since the employees seem to be aware of the problem, I think the explosion had more to do with a line pressure issue. By explosion, I suspect they mean sewage clogged, built up, 
and something propelled it back up at the toilet and accelerated pace. Filthy and Injured, starring Doreen Johnson. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That was a good one over there on Reddit. So no one's finding anything else more about this situation. And I would really like to know more. You know, we, the Associated Press did this. And so it, there has to be more in this. What was this man's name? Paul Kerouac. Paul Kerouac. Duncan. I, other people are searching for this thing. All from the same date. I wonder if there's anything. I wonder if we can put this in the past month. The Daily Beast. Let's see if the Daily Beast has any updated information on this. Well, this was published back in, it said two days ago, but no. Okay. Anyway, you know what? Never mind. My thing is, is like, I hate to see Duncan besmirched too. Um, it's just not okay. So now I'm seeing so. Okay, so here's some updated something. Maybe just the news. This sounds like one of those. Duncan sued for fifty k by plaintiff alleging. So this has dropped to fifty thousand. Florida resident alleges in a recently filed lawsuit that a toilet at Duncan's donut shop exploded, covering him in human waste. Thank you for using that term. Kerouac is suing for damages exceeding fifty thousand dollars for purported severe and long term injuries. The complaint alleges that Duncan failed to maintain safe conditions for its customers. Yeah, that's true. The explosion resulted... We've seen that already. We've seen that already. <laughs> Following the explosion of the toilet, plaintiff emerged from the men's room and sought assistance from employees and managers of defendant's business to clean himself as he remained covered with the stuff. Um, several attempts Tuesday to reach the shop in... HZO Donuts LLC were unsuccessful. As a result of the incident in aftermath, Kerouac's claim he suffered physical injuries and emotional distress requiring... Yes, that's my... There, there's what I've been looking for, is the emotional distress part, because I'm sorry. If I'm in some rando bathroom and the toilet indeed explodes on me, I'm not going to worry about my physical injuries. I don't know. I will never feel clean again. And I think that's something that has to be really taken into to, to account with this. You, you can't feel clean if that happens. Um, you, you can't, you, you, I'm never going to feel clean again. I was in an exploding bathroom. Now I'm covered. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. Ugh. I just hate that that happened. But I am glad it didn't happen to me. And and that's where... That's where I really try to a lot of times wait till I get home, y'all. I mean, like, seriously. Um, I don't... You know, I'm, I'm not a germaphobe by any stretch of the imagination. But you gotta... Okay, look, can we just talk about Orlando and Winter Park for a minute? I don't know if anyone listens from down that way. But, y'all, there's so many people, tourists and otherwise, who, who are just all over that place. You never really... Um, it, it's just bad. It, it's just... I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's so many people, and no one ever cares about what goes on in these bathrooms. There, there it is. Okay, I'm just going to say it. There it is. No one cares about 
whatever whatever they're doing in a bathroom if they're not at home. It it amazes me what people will do in public restrooms. And I'm trying not to be angry about it. I'm trying not to but you know, have you ever just wondered like why don't people know how to flush something? Why don't and if they knew they were having a problem with the toilet, that's where you get in there with some of that yellow do not cross tape. It's just an out of order sign. All you have to do is take a a bag and write out of order on it. Sorry, management, and tape it to the door of that stall or or just whatever and protect people from this. This is but also I mean it's ridiculous that it's ridiculous that people have to go to public restrooms and put up with what they do sometimes, you know, I, and I'm just going to say this, having worked in the fast food industry, the aforementioned fast food industry, ladies, don't you dare think that it's the men who are all the problems. And because I'll tell you this right now, in my experience, cleaning the bathrooms, the women's bathrooms were always in much more of a mess than the dudes. The problem I always had in public restrooms, you walk into a public restroom, oh, and and you just, there's someone who's decided they're not going to fl- uh, flush the toilet. Why? Why did you, why do you live that way? You know? I'll tell you this, I'll stop at a Bucky's in a heartbeat to use the bathroom because Bucky's cares. Bucky's and and if you look at what they pay their bathroom people to keep the bathrooms clean, you know they care. There's another one if you're going out of if you're going on 70 if you're on I75 ever in Georgia down below Atlanta, um I want to say it's exit 205. There's a marathon that's trying to be a Bucky's, but they keep good bathrooms as well. They do a good job there. That's a that's a stop for me. Um outside of that, I just I can't uh I can't abide a lot of public restrooms, man. You know, gas what's it what, what is it with ga- most gas stations? It's like this is the last thing we want to do is have someone clean the toilet. And I get it. I get there there's a lot of times it's like one one bowl in this place and the last thing you want to do as an employee is go back there and clean the toilets. But man, I just, you know, w- there are times you walk out of somewhere and you just feel like I can't be in here anymore. And then to go into a place, use the restroom and have to uh, have it just, uh, have it just uh, explode on you. Uh, you know, uh. terrible. I hope that man gets all the money. That man should own he needs to become an owner of Duncan after this because that's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. There's no, and especially when the employee said, yeah, we've been having trouble with that. That's where I would run over that. Oh, I would run over that employee with every, oh, all the stuff that's on me. Oh, and just give him a big hug and say, well, thank you for the warning. Finally, we got this from several people. You know, we've been fighting a battle for years. Here on the Big Honkin' Show. Oh. Oh. We, oh. <laughs> I want to say I need to get the taste out of my mouth. That's even grosser. I couldn't find the flung do fighting. Got to go back and find that. Listen, the animals are trying to take over. 
we have an ally in the battle against the animals. I'll tell you about him during this story, but um, but it is happening. They're they're doing their best to take us down and rule the world. And when they do that, it's an event that we call uh, the Anim Apocalypse, not Animal Apocalypse. The Anim Apocalypse. They're coming for you. Apocalypse, apocalypse news, everybody. I'm not getting tickled at myself. <laughs> I'm getting tickled at Jeff Lane <laughs> in the chat who says, can you play too late for chocolate pie? No, we're moving on. That's gross. That's nasty. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> Anim apocalypse news. Dateline Toronto. Toronto, Ontario. You ever just have a memory pop in your head that just absolutely you're like, where in the world did that come from? And how was that tucked away in there for so long? It hasn't come up in a long time. When I was a boy, there was, we used to go to, uh, listen, we watched a lot of Christian TV. All right. And there was a Christian station that used to play some kids shows and stuff. And, um, and, and they were kind of educational, but I think they were Christ centered, Christian centered. I think so. I think that's how it was. But at the end they would sing, uh, you can send a postcard to this, these people and they would sing their address. And at the end they would say, they would say, Toronto, Ontario. And, you know, that's, I guess it was filmed in Canada. It was called Circle Square. Anyone else know Circle Square? I, I brought it up on the YouTube, but I don't know. Here's the intro to it. <laughs> I do not remember this. I don't remember this at all. No idea. I'm just going to be honest with you. All I remember is the Toronto, Ontario. I wonder if they have that anywhere on one of these episodes. Let's see. We're about to find out. I'm not going to watch the intro. I'm going to watch, I'm going to pull up what appears to be a full episode. But I just remember they would sit around and they would sing. No, that's not it. No. Hmm. All right. This is what has happened. It's, it's becoming this. So the big honking show where I sit around and do this thing. Maybe they did it in the middle of, of stuff. Let's see. This kid sure looks funny with all that makeup on. Yeah. I watch your show instead of cartoons because it's very interesting. Yours truly. Okay, here. I think I found it. Thank you.
there was Toronto, Ontario. That's all I remember about the show was that little thing there. Anyhow, um, I, I don't know why they called it Circle Square. Uh, it wasn't a wrestling show. It was just a bunch of, it was just a kid's show. But this is where this happened in Toronto, Ontario. An inquisitive raccoon fiddled with electricity equipment in Toronto, Toronto, Ontario, and cut power for thousands in the downtown core late on Thursday, knocking out traffic lights in Canada's largest city and trapping some people in elevators. Oh, the, the, the trap, the trapee has become the trapper. Um, Crews investigating the hours determined that the nocturnal mammal made contact with equipment at a downtown Toronto station. Utility Hydro One, uh, they said on social media, a spokesperson for Hydro One said the raccoon did not survive the contact. <laughs> nope, raccoon, not anymore. Uh. Well, you know what's going to happen now. The power outage the power outage on Thursday hit areas about two kilometers from the CN Tower landmark and left about seven thousand people in dark for nearly three hours. Whoa, whoa. Can you hear the crackle of the power lines? In the hurricane all night. In the hurricane all night. Kitty and get him inside. So, for those who are not in the know, several years ago, when a hurricane came up and and hit uh, the East Coast, uh, Saint Simon's, Jekyll, the Glen County area was uh, really affected by it. Scott Rifen, who is the voice of South Georgia Radio had to stay in town and he sent me some clips of him running around town or riding around the island and looking at the damage to report on it and he thought he saw a kitty cat he said oh kitty cat nope that's a raccoon and you can hear him roll over the raccoon he goes nope that's a raccoon oh not anymore we'll hear it here Kitty cat. Nope, raccoon. Ah, uh, uh, not anymore. 
Uh, he ran right under me. There was literally nothing I could do. There you go. Whoa, nope, stop, stop, stop. I forgot how to do all this. It's been so long. Yeah, uh, so the raccoon, uh, now it was said in the chat, it may have been Rocket trying to get that dude's leg. So, um, I don't know. He does like the prosthetics and stuff, but the, the raccoon did not survive at all. So there's that. How much for the gun? Not for sale. Okay, how much for the arm? Oh, I'll get that arm. <laughs> oh, I'll get that arm. Um, yeah, so listen, if you think this was anything less than an attack on the power grid by the animals in the in one of the most vulnerable places on Earth, Canada, uh, then you've got another thing coming. This was willful. This was meant to happen. Did the Did the raccoon mean to lose his life? Of course not. The raccoon did not mean to lose his life, but he did. He he went up and he's like, "Hey, watch this!" and and he was gone. You know, raccoon and the there's a raccoon up there. Not anymore. Now, here's the thing. I think we all know raccoons are dangerous. Uh, they they're 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 very well known carriers of the rabies. Um, they wear masks as though they are thieves and bandits. And they cannot be trusted. They have human-looking hands. And I'm sorry, any critter that has human-looking hands? Um, no, thank you. Uh, that's not good. And um, and I'll be honest with you. I feel like that they are in league with the beaver. Now, years ago on this show, there was a story that we went to about someone who died did they die or were they severely injured by a beaver attack? I think they died. And I was not surprised by this because I feel like we have, we'll talk about monkeys in a second, Mark Hamill, as far as critters with people looking hands, monkeys have the problem with monkeys is, is like, have they got two sets of hands because their feet, you know, they got those opposable thumbs on the feet. Um, and anyway, uh, the beaver, we, we had the story and I wasn't surprised because I was certain I'd heard of a beaver attack where someone else was killed and was even trying to Google it. And, and, and I said, I was going to make it my mission to expose the beaver. Now I have found an ally in this, in this fight and he doesn't even know it. Um, <clears throat> he's in new England. His name, I only know him as post 10 P O S T one zero on the YouTube. This is a man who, when we're all struggling in, in an animapocalyptic world, he will survive. He has the skills and the means to survive. He is fearless in, in, in all that he does. He's a little too kind to insects and other animals, I think. But his mortal enemy is the beaver. He goes about in the wilderness of, Nor of New England. Now, listen, he initially... I found this man because he had a very popular video of unclogging a drain on a flooded road somewhere in New England. And it was fascinating to watch. It was fascinating to understand suddenly how storm drains work and why they're important. And the fact that they do indeed work and to see how quickly once this, this small drain was 
unclogged, how quickly the, 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 the flooding on this road just dissipated. Um, but uh, apparently he also was very quick uh, oftentimes to contact the DOT and say, you need to make sure this is seen about and this is seen about. And so apparently he stayed on the DOT in these areas so long that he had to take his battle against flooded roads out into the wilderness. And there he found the dreaded beaver and began to, to fight, to fight against the beaver. And he, he is tearing down beaver dams and he is getting water flowing again. And, and he is, and I, what the only thing that could make him a better ally in the animal apocalypse is, is that he always talks about relocating the beaver rather than blowing the beaver up. And so I think he needs to take a lesson from the duck dynasty guys and really fight the beaver and, and not, not put up with that thing. This is the famous drain opener guy. And he, and I'll be, I'll be I'm not going to lie. I have sat for an hour watching him in the wilderness of new England, beautiful country. I've watched him just tear up beaver dams so that water can flow through culverts and ponds can drop and roads no longer be flooded. And it takes me back. Then he'll start kind of going out in the woods to see where, to see where all the water's going to. And man, it'll take me back to my days as a child. And when we used to go to creeks and dam them up and then break the dams down and just how much we love that dam play to, 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 to dam the water and then do some do some damn destruction. That's that's what we were all about. But this guy, I'm telling you, he isn't he is a survivor of the animal apocalypse and and he will he will be one who who does indeed and I just everyone go to post 10 tell him geek out loud or the big honking show sent you. And uh I'd like to talk to the guy someday because he just he's a fascinating man. He's just a fast, he's got a fascinating mind. He knows so much and is willing to do so much. Um, the one time a beaver got after him and it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of funny. The beaver got after him, but I will say this. If this does not prove to everyone that the animals are out to get us, I don't know what will. Now at the time of this recording earlier today, there were massive outages of, uh, various cell companies, Verizon, AT&T. There were other things that were out um, uh, and um, other services that were down. And, and and it seemed to not be limited to just an area. I, you know, initially I saw where it was Atlanta. And then apparently as, as the day went on, I found out there were many other places where this was going on. <clears throat> so um, if you don't think that was a coordinated attack by the animals, listen, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. And it wouldn't surprise me if toilets are exploding in Duncan because somewhere down the sewage line, some beaver has got down there and, and gummed it up with, with some beaver dam and, and, and they're just practicing now with exploding toilets. You're going to tell me that these things just happen. They don't, they don't. The animals are coming, ladies and gentlemen. You can't trust you can't trust one. Now let's come back to this monkey thing. Monkeys have hands and they have feet that look like hands. If that doesn't scare you, then watch Planet of the Apes. You know. That's 
That's all I'll say about that. And and they're on to me. Every time I get around animals, they look at me and they're like, you got some that try to befriend me. They're like, hey, I really like you, fat guy. You're the man. Hang out. Be my friend. And they try to suck you in with their with their big puppy dog eyes or whatever, you know. Or But then I've got others that just kind of, they, they, they walk around, they look at me like, I'm, I'm coming for you. When this is all said and done, we're not friends. We are enemies. And, and I will destroy you. And when you have that kind of stuff going, man, you just, you're like, gear up. I'll kick a goose. I ain't scared. I'll kick a duck. I say goose because we have a lot of those around here. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's the Big Honkin' Show. That's the kind of stuff you can expect on the Big Honkin' Show. Here's what I discover every time I do this stuff. I'm not funny. I really depend on you guys in the chat. So I want to thank everyone for joining us at Mixer.com slash Goalaverse. Uh, I did see a cool video the other day. Maybe you want to search for it. It was It's simply titled Falling Into Uranus. Um, and it literally is someone doing a simulation of what would happen if you had a suit on that you could survive the conditions and everything of 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 going down into the atmosphere and everything else of, of Uranus. So $500 fine for hitting a duck in your city, Mark Hamill? Come on. There are plenty of ducks. Now, listen, you've got to, you've got to work hard to go kick a duck or a goose because they'll get away from you, but a goose will come after you, you know? Um, that that's the goose aren't scared. They'll, they'll get after you. So anyhow, thanks everyone who's joined us in the chat at mixer.com slash goldiverse. Don't forget, get those, uh, the, 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 the your submissions in to geek out online at gmail.com geek out online at gmail.com. And, uh, and we'll, we'll get those going. We already have some up in here from Troy Westfall. He, he's got a great little list here. Now I'm going to have to find out what's going on. He says, uh, back to the future. Back to the Future 3, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Captain America, The First Avengers, Superman the Movie, Superman Returns, The Avengers, Iron Man, The Terminal, which I'm not familiar with. Ooh, Halloween. See, that might go under the... Does that go under sci-fi and fantasy? Action adventure? Drama? Or comedy and other? Die Hard? Is the Die Hard score good? I'll check it out. Castaway, but he has just end credits there, so I can't give... I, I guess there's not much music except for the end credits, is there? Hudson Hawk. Wow, that's an interesting one. I don't, I don't know that one. So Troy, the great Troy, who recently had a birthday, I believe. Happy birthday, Troy. Good to hear from you. So yeah, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Get those submissions in. Keep it to 20 or less. And then if you think of a few more in, uh, in a few days, let me know. And, and we'll get those on the list. But see, the list has begun. The cutoff being March 15th. I want to thank everyone else who's listening on the podcast feed. Uh, we appreciate you downloading however you listen. Uh, wherever you listen, how about leave a review for us? That'd be a big help. Um, we are now, the podcast, uh, the, the, the podcasting files are now hosted. I'm just going to pull back the curtain for everyone because I don't know why people are so secretive about what they do. Um, GoDaddy absolutely, finally, for the last... I, I, Listen, I should have got rid of them way back when they lost everything. If y'all remember the the great crash of 2017. 
Um, but they they finally just they changed their terms on me without telling me, and I absolutely am just done with them. And uh, and we've gone to Blueberry as a host for all of our podcast episodes to get good stats and everything like that. Um, and uh, and we've gone to another host to host the websites and 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 to keep those to keep those up and running. So um, if you wherever you leave reviews and stuff, it'll be a big help. And maybe soon there'll be some, um, we'll, we'll have some, we might have some actual ads and stuff that are played. Thanks to blueberry to, to kind of monetize stuff. And if that's the case, and we'll put ad free shows, of course, on the, on the Patreon for everyone, I don't want to ruin your, your enjoyment, but, uh, I'll, so I'll, I'll let, let me, let me say this. Um, we used to get a lot of great, uh, listenership and, and, and pretty good numbers for a little independent podcast. Of course, because of my slacking off, uh, we've gone down by about half. And so we've got to, we, we, we got to build back up, uh, and, uh, and, and get those numbers back up. So hopefully that'll, that'll happen. But I will say that the people who are engaged apparently stay engaged and I appreciate all of you. That's not me trying to do what, um, what, what you know the goobs want us to do and, and tell you but just uh how about uh, if you can help us out subscribe if you haven't subscribed to the i don't if you haven't subscribed to the podcast how are you listening but uh you know give us a review if you haven't in a while uh maybe you use a different uh podcatcher than than apple itunes which is fine with me um there's some good ones out there uh give us just give us reviews wherever you listen and that that uh, it all helps every little bit helps now, am I stalling to try to find a song to go out to because uh, because I don't have one picked out, because I can't remember what I play on the way out of Geek Out Loud ever? Of course I'm doing that. That's exactly what's happening. And thank you so much for noticing. Um, I'll find it. I'll find something. Just give, me, just give me a second. You know what I mean? So we may go out on, on the Shaz song. I don't know. Uh <clears throat> There's a podcast. Yeah, there is a podcast, Mark Hamill. It's a it's 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 Geek Out Loud podcast. It used to be the official podcast of geekoutonline.com, but it's not anymore. So, um I just lost my Oh my goodness. My my music program just closed out on me, so I have to get I'm vamp for me. Let's see what do we got here. Um That'll do. I like the synth stuff as kind of an opening, closing kind of thing. This seems, you know, fine. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. We've got the Facebook group, the Guardians of the Goldiverse over on Facebook. There is a Discord for patrons at the Patreon, and, and we want to encourage you to join that. I need to get another link out there because those things apparently wear out, even if you say give me a permanent link. Um, and so someone had asked about that recently on the Patreon and we'll get you a new link, uh, pretty quickly. I need to get active again on the discord. Let me tell you people who do what I do better than me. The deuce cast movie show. Check those guys out. Uh, star Wars, um, podcast like rebel force radio is the walking dog of star Wars podcast. Rule the galaxy is a fun group of guys sitting around talking. Scott Rife and straight talk does He's he's an absolute pro at what he does, and, and you can tune into him through iHeartRadio every morning. Check him out. 
Um, there's so many others who just do what I do just a thousand times better. Cody Murphy has a podcast. Two doctors and a lawyer walked into a, a chicken farm or something like that. Um, <laughs> Cody Murphy. Um, so so check him out. Uh, no, it's, it's a doctor and a lawyer walk into a bar. Is that right? Anyhow, Cody's gone. Cody Murphy. I'm supposed to be on that show. I always say that, but never happens. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate you. And we'll see you around the Goldiverse. Have a good one, everybody. Oh, the Twitter is at Geek Out Loud. The Instagram is real Geek Out Loud. Anything else? I can't think of anything else. I don't want to go. I'm like that doctor on the Doctor Who thing. I don't want to go. Or Spider-Man on at the end of Infinity War when he was like, I don't want to go. But I'm not being snapped away. I'm not like turning to ash or anything. You know what would be a, a great... Um, little Marvel project like he does uh, like they do like they've done with like the werewolf by night and everything is like do a special one shot of what the snap was like on some alien world somewhere where they didn't have the Avengers and heroes to fight and they just all of a sudden it just happened they didn't know what happened that's like a Marvel horror show maybe that's how you could bring the silver surfer into things I mean, obviously you want to bring him in as the Herald of Galactus, I guess. But, you know, I was introduced to Thanos in the pages of the Silver Surfer comic books back in the 90s. I need to go. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you around the Goldiverse. Goldiverse.